Hey everyone here and welcome back to yet another episode of Alpha Metallica. This is your host Tom Quee here. We're going through every single Metallica song. I think we're on like 73, 74, it's going to be about 160 odd. So we're not even halfway through. But it's been a joyous journey. And today we reach, I think, our final Diamond Head song. Uh, we've covered Am I Evil and Helpless before. Definitely go check out those episodes. And today we're looking at It's Electric. Just before we get to the song, get to the guest, please follow us at MetallicaPod on Twitter, MetallicaPod at gmail.com. If you want to get in touch with me, you want to come on the show, you want to correspond, I've got a great email to read out. Uh, Patreon as well, patreon.com forward slash alphabetallica. I just uploaded a new episode on there where I talk about the influence of Finn Lizzy on Metallica. Although it's mostly me just sort of talking about the history of Finn Lizzy, a little bit about how they both have guitar harmonies and then me sort of giving a Finn Lizzy playlist. But it was a fun episode, so that's on there. That'll be on the main channel in about a week or so. Uh, iTunes is there, please leave us a review, please subscribe on YouTube. And today I'm joined by a fellow podcaster, Jack. How's it going? I'm good, thank you, man. How are you? I'm very well. You, you do like nine podcasts, is that right? It's close enough, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm known as the man of many podcasts between my friends. <laughs> it's very addictive, <laughs> but, uh, though, right? It is. Oh, definitely. I, I mean, you're a man of many podcasts yep. yourself. You, you know, once you start one, you're like, wait a minute, I also like this subject. Let's do a podcast about this thing. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I know yeah. we sh- listeners might not know, but we, we both do comics podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, this this is kind of my first venture into music podcasts, but also do film podcasts. We, I run a, a Dungeons and Dragons podcast with right. some of my friends as well. It's all just kind of like... Yeah, um, you and I are, are similar in that way. That I think we've both got <laughs> multiple uh, fingers in multiple pies, shall we say, in the yeah. podcasting world. It's just fantastic that we're in this age, this era, that it's very easy to do. It's been democratized. Like, you know, if I if we were born in the 70s or 80s and wanted to do something like this, we're fucked, basically. There's, there's no option. You know, you, you can't, <laughs> maybe you can yeah, set up yeah. some speakers at the end of your garden and hope that somebody who passes by might listen. But, you know, we can actually... Start uh, up a pi- pirate radio station. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, exactly. Shed. So um, you, yourself and Metallica, how did it start weirdly enough it started with saint anger wow <laughs> which is not a thing a lot of people who are now fans of metallica i think say yeah. but i'm i mean I, I was 13 or 14 when that album came out mm-hmm. so it's kind of a, a formative time in my music listening and i was like just getting into like rock music and stuff and kind of discovering the heavier side of things and a friend my, one of my best friends his older brother was like guys you have to listen to this this is the new metallic album and he was listening to it the first time he'd like just gone and bought it from the shop mm. brought it back and played the opening track saint anger yeah we were like wow that is really heavy that's crazy and he says also they have a bunch of other albums and i was like oh thank god for that because i didn't enjoy that okay. <laughs> I, I even as a 14 year old i was like this sounds weird something mm. sounds odd and like there are moments i i know you're a should we say a, a defender of Saint Anger <laughs> in a am. lot of ways? I'm an, an apologist, <laughs> I think. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't want to put those words in your mouth, right. but yeah, <laughs> but yeah, there was there was moments, and then um, the the best friend of mine, Callum, and we would just start. He was picked up guitar, I'd picked up bass, mm. and the old brother was like, "Right, you need to hear of this guy. He's called Cliff Burton. Mm. Here's for whom the bell tolls. You hear that guitar solo at the beginning? That's a bass guitar. I'm like, what? that's possible can you do that is that allowed yeah wow and i've been playing bass ever since <laughs> so yeah um it was pretty much started with sent anger then for whom the bell tolls which is still up there in like my favorite metallica songs oh my god and yeah the, the bass influence i think has been the most kind of me continually learning new metallica songs with each album release and, and going back and 
yeah learning old stuff and new stuff and yeah it's, it's been a it's been i feel like i've grown as a musician as they've kind of progressed since sent anger which they thankfully have only two albums obviously but yeah i went back and learned some old stuff as well <laughs> yeah i mean metallica are one of those few sort of heavy bands where you can say like oh they've got such interesting bass parts or bass songs oh, you know you yes. can't say that for guns and roses or pantera or pretty much most other bands really yeah uh, as much as i like say for example like rex from pantera yeah He's a great bass player, but oh, yeah. he basically just plays the riffs 90% he, of the time. He does. He does. 95% yeah. of the time. Duff from Guns N' Roses is a good example because he's he was a big influence on my choice of bass. Like I picked up a very similar bass that he has. Mm. In that he's got that great tone, that yeah. kind of just that that solo at the beginning of Sweet Child of Mine. Oh, or, so good. Uh, yeah. Just the kind of like 80s chorusy kind of sound that he has mm-hmm. almost all the time. Like a really nice smooth kind of tone and yeah duff duff was a big influence on me when i was a teenager as well for sure yeah but yeah, yeah you're right that so many of especially of the heavier bands the heavier you get almost the like less important the bass becomes and you you literally get some bands that don't have bass players these days i'm like that's just should be yeah. against the law that's yeah not it's heresy isn't it yeah I mean, it's <laughs> like i mean stuff like if it's like bluesy like say black keys for example where they're kind of oh, playing playing with the phone that's and totally stuff, cool but, but yeah yeah, yeah. But no, you're right. On the frequency, I guess. I guess the heavier you get, the bass is sort of implicit in the riff, isn't it? And a lot of time they are just mimicking like root notey stuff. But but so Metallica going on then from you, you were saying it's kind of bass led obsession. Are they one of your favourite bands? Would you rank them in that oh, upper echelon? Or they're my favourite band. Your favourite band? Yeah. Okay. They. I kind of grew up with Red Hot Chili Peppers were my favourite band oh yeah and I was like when I first got I into think music every, everyone gets into them as a first band I did as well <laughs> they're like that just they're like that entryway I don't know why you and I are also a very similar age so yeah. I think that's a, definitely got something to do with it and definitely. yeah obviously being a bass player Flea is an obvious example oh, yeah. of a, a very prominent member of that band being a bass player it's like oh right yeah that that's bass playing yes. but also here's this guy called Jason Newstead. here's this guy called Cliff Burton I'm mm-hmm. like wow yeah there is there's a lot of different options with bass playing and stuff, which is which is great. Yeah, so I mean, today we're going to get into It's Electric, as I said before, by Diamond Head. Just before we do, I want to read out a quick email, metallicapod at gmail.com. Uh, it comes from Joe Haddock, who was on the show. I actually mentioned him on the Invisible Kid episode, and he's on the show we did Dirty Window. He says, hi there, Tom. Thanks for the shout-out on the Invisible Kid episode. I just came back from listening to it while strolling through the streetlight-lit streets of Derby and had to drop you a fire email. You heard me right. I made it to Derby. I'm doing a joint honours music course, and I've jammed with some of my fellow geezers and Gizettes from the cohort and already snapped a drumstick whilst playing some of those big old thrashers, including Whiplash. But yeah, <laughs> I, I'm going to go see Slayer and Anthrax on November 3rd in my old stomping ground of Londinium. And I just saw that today Metallica are coming to London again on the worldwide tour in June. And it seems like this is my calling to finally hear the Ecstasy of Gold live and witness the greatness in the flesh. I know my Megadeth are working on a new album that includes some blast speech, which sounds lovely. So if they put that out and tour the world soon, I could be seeing all four of the big four in the span of a year the window of availability for which is sadly closing as the years go on. In your Invisible Kid episode, you use the term proverbial foreskin. What occurred to me about this truly outlandish phrase is that it would make the perfect regrettable university band name, so I'll chuck it in the suggestion pile when it's appropriate. If it's cool with you, I'd be interested in guesting on an episode about Metallica's appearances on Jules Holland, which are proper entertaining and very different, including one with Lou Reed, rest in poetry. Anyway, I hope everything is stellar at your end. Take it easy. Big Fridge. I mean, Fridge is one of Joe's uh, nicknames. Joe I met through the battle rap scene. He's kind 
kind of this mythic fan who's mostly known as the Big Fridge. But yeah, thank you for that, Joe. And yeah, we agreed subsequently. Well, I agreed that proverbial foreskin is an incredible... I actually highlighted that in my notes. I was like, do I even say this? Is this too ghost? But it's said now. Maybe it's going to be a band name. And we are also going to do the Jules Holland episodes uh, soon. I remember them playing i think they played death magnetic here i think king's Liam was on the show any 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 memories of that jack them on jules holland absolutely yeah yeah my my parents are huge jules holland fan and we oh, really? always watch his weekly show and then the the new year's show the hootenanny kind of show mm-hmm. and i was i was always so weird when something i like would show up and i'd be yeah. like look mom dad metallica see <laughs> they're real musicians it's not just noise i promise like <laughs> and uh yeah my dad actually got into metallica through them appearing on jules holland and i wow. kind of influenced him to to check them out afterwards and he, he i'll get an occasional text from like orion is fucking amazing yeah. I'm like i know right i've been telling you this for 10 years <laughs> i mean jules holland i should say for our overseas listeners who might not be familiar it's a very cool show that i think started in the 80s or 90s jules is kind of this boogie woogie piano player probably most famous uh from squeeze uh you know of, of Difford and tilbrook fame amazing uh British band but basically they just get bands on every week it's kind of a late night format it's about 10 30 11 on a Friday and the bands are all in this giant circle and they probably play one or two songs each as a little interview and what I love about it Jack all the bands sort of jam at the start together so I can't remember who they were on with but it was it was a weird it was like somebody like Adele and across the way from Metallica and yeah. they were just like yeah let's just jam along like, how is this possible <laughs> it's like so, it's sometimes, so you, sometimes you get someone doing a solo line and, and a lot of the times you just get the singer with a tambourine and you know it's give and take but, but it's cool and I'm sure a lot of people would be aware of Jules Holland you know in the same way the Grey Whistle Test or anything like that it's kind of these mythic uh, YouTube clips and stuff like that but anyway it's Electric. Um, this is the second song of Garage Inc. And, you know, in very in many ways, it's kind of a meat and potatoes rocker. It's not reinventing the wheel in any way, but it's quite an enjoyable romp, no? Absolutely, yeah. I think you summed it up very well that it is meat and potatoes. This is your, your standard classic, like, late 70s yeah. rock song basically mm-hmm. this is the new wave of british heavy metal at its finest i think yes. it was released in like 1980 but um i know that have you seen the live performance i that, have i have yeah yeah sean and brian did with metallica the one time it's ever been played yeah. live and uh sean harris is like yeah we wrote it in brian's bedroom in like 10 minutes and it's like yeah, yeah that makes sense yeah. <laughs> It, it's three riffs and a guitar solo, and that's, and that's all you need. Like it is, it is. We begin budgie esque, that descending classic rock, just going down the scale, no frills really, into the main riff, which I can't really tell you what it is because it's just sort of open chords and a bit of an ending. You know what I mean? It's not very, I don't know, melodic yeah. or anthemic, but it's still successful. Weirdly enough, it's in F sharp. In, right. If you're in standard tuning, it's played on. Uh, you can tell I'm going to be a music nerd for this yeah. uh, on the second fret of the of the E string, uh-huh. and I was like, ah, because I I tried to work it out like in in preparation for this show. Like, I wonder what key that song is in because mostly Metallica they're they're chugging on that E string a lot of mm-hmm. the time, and it'll be in E flat if they're you know in the later years and stuff like that. But some of the covers are in weird keys and things James and and the guys aren't used to performing, and James isn't used to singing. I was like, interesting. This is in. So I guess they play it in F because they're a half, they're a semitone tune down mm-hmm. playing on the second fret of the E string. There's some music nerdish for you, <laughs> but yeah. So 
it, it's it's a weird riff, and then the verses are just like two chords occasionally. Yeah, it's very like yeah. almost like ACDC style. It, that, exactly what I've got in my notes. Yeah, just Dana, Dana. It's just the space yeah. between. There's nothing happening at all, and it just allows James to sort of occupy that space. Have you listened to the original? I have, yes. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's very much a product of its time production-wise. The guitars sound thinner than James's arms on the Death Magnetic tour. But <laughs> I, I actually, I, I think I might prefer the original vocal performance. Re- it's a, it's really? A, yeah. Um, it, uh, the reason why I was thinking this, I sort of listened to it, and I was a bit like, mm, whatever. But the top comment on the actual original that I found on YouTube is, obviously from a diehard Diamond Head fan, it's like, imagine this song being played slightly heavier with bad vocals, and there's the Metallica version. <laughs> and I, I, I was intrigued by that I, so i listen and listen and it's a bit more soulful the original um it's a bit it's a bit more inventive i suppose in terms of his vamping but but only by like a margin i'm not saying like the james version is terrible or anything i think the james version sounds great and james gets to exercise his lungs quite a bit especially on the chorus very long lines there yeah the the word electric yeah, is yeah, really yeah. long when he does it like really holds that line and you've got plenty of the the 90s james hetfield whoa and yeah, yeah and yeah. all that kind of stuff that he always does any given opportunity basically <laughs> Uh, I wonder if that is an influence. Like this song was like James was like, oh yeah, I could do loads of yeahs and woes mm-hmm. in every song. That would be a great idea. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's that down to listen to too much Diamond Head at one yeah, point. But yeah. it, it's interesting you mentioned the original is is kind of a better version because as soon as I mentioned it, some friends of mine they were like, oh, Megadeth version's much better. I'm like, oh what? And Megadeth did a live version of this oh. with again Sean Harris joined them on stage. I think oh, it was wow. in like. The very early '90s, possibly like 1990, and it's in it's on some Megadeth like hidden treasures kind mm, of yeah, disc yeah, yeah, or yeah. something like some, that yeah. that nobody's ever heard of apart yeah. from hardcore Megadeth fans. Mm-hmm. And surprise, surprise, Megadeth play it like one and a half times faster than every other band in the world. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean it's it's a fine version, and I'm I can't stand Dave Mustaine's singing voice. I think he's a fantastic guitar player. Yeah, but I'm glad that it was Sean Harris singing it and. If anything, that's probably the best version of the song. So if you like the original vocals, Tom, I definitely recommend going and checking out the slightly too fast version okay. from Megadeth. Okay, yeah, I, I definitely will peruse that because, I mean, Sean Harris's vocals on the live version at the anniversary shows, a little lacking, right? Yeah, they were a bit wobbly. Yeah. I, I assume that the Diamond Head guys are slightly older than Metallica guys, so yeah. he must have been about 60-ish when he was doing that. So I guess that that's kind of what happens. He was kind of going the Dio route of hitting those kind of like low wobbling notes, but not mm. quite pulling it off in the same way that Ronnie James could uh, no. really kind of rock it, even into his later years. No, and it, it, lyrically, you know, we're on familiar territory as, say, hit the lights. It's kind of that wish fulfillment, I'm going to be a rock star one day sort of Absolutely, yeah. I think this is like the... You said this was the meat and potatoes. This is like the less poetic version of Turn the Page, mm. another Garage Inc. song where like that's really poetic and the the echoes of the amplifiers and the, the woman you knew the night before and all that kind of stuff. And it's very like, romanticized. And this is just like, I'm going to make a million dollars. I'm yep. going to play a bunch of blues. Yeah. Yeah. Like... yeah. Blow, blow my honey jar. Yeah. Blow make a stand. Yeah. What a weird lyric. I don't, blow yeah. my honey jar. I assume that's like literal in that some blues bands would have like a little like 
jar player like i yeah, guess that's literal maybe or just like you who knows yeah i i always talk about sort of your funds i guess sort of spending all you can to sort of oh, make that's this true. reality yeah, yeah. Blow, your, blow your your money but cash. i, I yeah, always like i stop on red but leave on amber so it's like you're not really an outlaw you, we're not we're not in motley crew territory <laughs> you know what i mean you don't you don't go on green so you're a slight scoff law but it's just danger paves my way is quite a clumsy lyric as well but you oh, know it's, oh absolutely um, it's a bit of a throwback. It always, I always think of Diamond Head because it's the first third time we discussed them. From Stourbridge, I'm not sure where you're from in the UK, but quite near where I grew up in Birmingham, I used to go to swimming lessons in Stourbridge. So I sort of associated <laughs> the leisure centre with Diamond Head mentally. Was, um, was your swimming instructor Brian Tatler? It may have been actually. <laughs> he did advise me to take no electronics in the pool, so that was ah, uh, there you go. Tom, so, don't take that in the pool. It's electric. It's electric. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the sun structurally has all the hallmarks of this sort of music you know the, the solo's fine from Kirk actually I think it's quite enjoyable I love when the solo the, the, the lead line descends and the chords descend underneath it's a nice effect that's that's the best bit of that solo for me for yeah. sure I totally agree yeah, yeah it, I, I really like when I know you bring this up quite a lot and uh, plenty of other Metallica podcast people have as well. They're like, get out of his Kirkisms for a second and yeah. slightly less wah, slightly less open string, hammer on, hammer off type stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like, can you just, yeah, oh, just do a descending line of the top of descending chords. That's a nice little kind of melodic. It weaves in very nicely harmonically and stuff. And yeah, that that kind of makes the solo for me. I, I'm glad you mentioned it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he hangs on his own. <laughs> he sort of hangs on this discordant note just beforehand but the descending line is from the Diamond Head song I should say that's not something that Metallica threw into the mix the solos are different and I think Kirk's solo is a bit better because that was sort of that 70s era where a guitar solo was just sort of play notes high up it wasn't really much structure really it was just as long as it was in a scale and within key and then we have again kind of acdc territory where we just pull back to the bass to the drums to james singing over the top what would you think of this final movement i really like that again being a bass player it's always nice to mm-hmm. hear a bit of bass in the background there and i'm a huge jason newstead fan mm-hmm. uh, and he's kind of he's kind of my one of my biggest influences as a bass player especially like performing live i think he contributed so much much to the to the live atmosphere of Metallica oh, yeah. shows, but that I, I almost when it when it just leaves dr- Lars's drums, I almost think like are they about to do injustice? It's like doom 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 and like it's suddenly gonna kick into that. It's like just a few more Tom hits and you're gonna be in a Metallica song there. I can see the influence here, like yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's very, very obvious. And then again, kind of like turn the page, and those other kind of classic rock songs, just going down to just the bass and the mm-hmm. drums and the vocals for the last verse is, like you said, meat and potatoes. It's yeah. classic rock song songwriting. It mm-hmm. is. It worked a million times before, and it'll work a million times again. I suppose that's it. That's it. Yeah, it's it's wham bam. It's fast. It's compact. It's in and out. I will say that I love the tone on the whole album of Gary Jing, and I think this is no different. I think it just has a nice kind of uh, a crunchiness, a sort of post, has a bit more blood in it than load and reload. And, you know, the band do sound excellent. And I opened it up uh, on the Twitter, as I always do, at MetallicaPod, to see what people think of this song. Got a little bit of feedback there. Please follow us there as well if you uh, if you enjoy the show. Uh, got a message from uh, Rai from Sabbath Bloody Podcast. As always, I want to say, everyone go listen to that podcast. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, hopefully I'm going to guest on there soon to do a Metallica influence of Black Sabbath sort of idea. I think he did something on Ozzy recently, on Ozzy's solo career. And No More Tears. Have you listened to that album, by the way, Jack? by Ozzy no absolutely yeah what I'm a good a album 
Like, yeah, yeah. I, I think my first interaction with that album was uh, Hellraiser was on San Andreas, I think. So that's how <laughs> yeah, I how yeah. and I always thought the chorus that well, the chorus is Hellraiser. For some reason, to me, it was and I'm lazy. I, don't, I just you mishear <laughs> these lyrics for whatever reason. It would fit in the Aussie mythos, I suppose. His uh, his ennui, but um, yeah. Rye Sabley podcast again subscribed saying outstanding cover. The bread fan of Gary Jink Disc One. They should have opened the yeah. album with it instead of Free Speech, in my opinion. So much raw energy. It deserves a spot in the live set. Het sounds great on the long chorus holes, and the rhythm section only stripped only stripped down is a beaut. Uh, Pim Jickens yeah, saying amazing cover better than the original Dan saying also that he loves his cover uh, Joseph Haddock there he is again saying unusually positive nice and upbeat a lovely addition to Garage Inc and then finally Kevin Van Damme good friend of the show saying awesome cover James's vocals are great only been played once in 2011 and I think they should pull it out again hopefully in Nashville at least Lars likes it it's the name of his show and of course it is the name of his show we haven't touched on that yet uh, an interesting choice by the Dane yeah, I thought that was a weird choice. Like, like I said, I was doing a bit of research for this, and I was like, oh, well, yeah, we're, we're coming to the last, as you said, Tom, the last of the three Diamond Head covers. And I was like, in a lot of ways, it's the least interesting, I think. It's the least kind of... Yeah. Um, obviously, Am I Evil is the song. Oh, it's yeah. even more, made possibly more of a Metallica song now than it is a Diamond Head song. Yep. And Helpless yep. has got that real kind of high energy to mm-hmm. it and stuff like that. And then this is like, oh, yeah, and the other one, like the the, the standard rocker. And then Lars names his podcast after it. It's like, that's weird. Mm. And apparently it's his favorite Diamond Head song. That's the reason behind it. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. That's yeah. probably why they covered it in the first place. And yeah, yeah. It, it, the Diamond Head live album from like the 90s is also called It's Electric. Yeah. So I think it might be one of their kind of their favorites or one of their big hits from back in the day as well. So he's kind of clearly resonate with Lars and and resonate with Diamond Head fans as well. Makes sense. Yeah, I'm just on their Spotify. They've got 65,000 monthly streams, which isn't bad, you know, for a band of that ilk. Obviously, they've got that sort of Metallica uh, backwash leading in. Am I Evil, of course, is the most played. And then most of them seems to be off this realm. Um, It's Electric, not breaking the top 10, but that doesn't really mean anything. No, Mm. not not, not breaking the top 10 most streamed. But, you know, again, a lot of this stuff's on CD or vinyl or whatever, on 8-track, so it's not going into that streamer sphere. But um, have you listened... How many hardcore Diamond head fans are listening to spotify like. uh, yeah well at least sixty-five thousand. but but yeah no i can't imagine apparently they're playing at the new cross inn soon for an all-metal weekender so uh yeah shout they, out to diamond head still going they played in my hometown of norwich fairly recently funnily oh. enough yeah well, yeah did you attend i did yeah oh you did yeah. oh how were they yeah really good yeah kind of like uh i don't know it, it felt like they had modernized their sound a little bit and like the the production worked, the mix was really good live, and it worked really well live. And like you said, the the guitar tone on the, a lot of the stuff in the seventies is so thin. Mm. Having it kind of live and filled out like that was really really good. And yeah, did they do? Did they do all three? All three Metallica they did. ones? They, absolutely, yeah. they did. Of course, they did. Yeah. <laughs> I bet it's made them a good watch, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. And the, the live intro. Um, I don't know who the singer uh, is at the time, but he was uh are you evil? And everybody's like, yeah. He's like, no. Are you evil? Because I am evil. I'm like, wait, no. Uh, am I evil? <laughs> he goes back and forth. That was a nice little touch and a yep. little intro to uh, to their, their biggest song. That was a nice little touch. But yeah, uh, me and my band, we, we applied to be the support slot for them here. Oh, cool. And they're like, 
no, they're playing like a two and a half hour show of all of their songs. I'm like, oh, damn it. Like, they, mm. they didn't have a support. So they, okay. just, they just played the whole thing by themselves kind of thing. Almost in Metallica style back in the day where they do like three and a half hour shows. And yeah. Stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Okay, cool. Well, yeah, good that they're still going. Um, we'll wrap up with a few mm. quick fire questions. Have you um, seen the band live? I have three times. Yeah. Okay. The, my favorite one for sure is when I saw them at, download festival in 2006 mm. and that was the show in the uk where they played master of puppets in its entirety so cool they did the like pre-tape thing of uh in 1986 we walked into sweet silence studios to record master of puppets and then it goes through like the story of the album with this like voiceover and the video panning through the studio and all that kind of stuff and then it just ends with and now in its entirety master of puppets and then they just kick in with the taped to battery at the beginning oh my god i got chills as a 16 yeah. year old i was just i remember just looking up this guy screaming just like yes and <laughs> just losing my mind that's always the moment of like oh what's your favorite kick experience I'm like i saw master of puppets yeah. in its entirety on its 20th anniversary that's the one <laughs> yeah that's i've just got the set list up in front of me now so they open with creeping death into fuel and then they played the new song which was then excerpts of uh end of the line and all nightmare long it, yes yeah okay. which was weird because it was like that um i remember thinking what on earth is going on and they did the like uh there's a bass solo in this oh my god <laughs> bass is back <laughs> uh, and then they the encore they did two encores including die die my darling with trivium yep Yep, the guys from Trivium just showed up because they played earlier on in the day. <laughs> was that was that when Kirk was rocking the Trivium shirt? Absolutely, it was. Yes, that's, that's cool. the Kirk, cool that's that Kirk that. rocking the Trivium vest. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which would have been Crusade era. Which a lot, a lot. Again, uh, kind of a running theme of this podcast: albums that people hate. I kind of like. I don't know what it says about my tastes, but um, no, you're not a Crusade defender as well, are you, Tom? <laughs> I am both religiously oh, and no. trivium wise. Oh, yeah. oh no! I like trivium. I like trivium a lot, but they've faltered a few times, in my opinion. Oh, but uh, Crusades yeah. fire! Like entrance of the conflagration is crazy. Oh, the, yeah! That hi hat entrance to that, uh, the intro to that song is amazing. Mm. But like, there's he goes to Hetfield. The anthem me. is definitely too heavy. The yeah. anthem is too. <laughs> the anthem's whoa, terrible. Whoa. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm like, all right, we get it. Yeah. You like? We, we know you're the fire. Like, calm down. Like, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. so yeah, you saw you saw them there. Where else did you see them? Uh, I saw them at Reading in 2008. Okay, cool. And then again in Wembley in 2010, I believe. Um, and they were both they were both pretty good. But the 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 first one being the kind of. 20 year anniversary of master of puppets was pretty pretty special yeah. although for the wembley show we had mastodon and machine head supporting mm. and mastodon are one of my other all-time favorite bands oh so it's just yeah what an absolute amazing amazing show yeah mastodon are absolutely i mean blood mountain is probably my favorite metal record ever really yeah favorite metal record i would ever. say over no. over under obviously not metallica included when i was on metal at your podcast that's what i named as actually my favorite metal record yeah <laughs> not metallica so uh but yeah i mean there's there's lots there's you know there's, there's 20 or 30 that vie for that spot but i just think the the imagination on that album is something i've never really encountered mm. on the guitar before or after i just think where where they where they take certain songs and just in certain directions that i never anticipated before uh blade catcher circle of the sasquatch sleeping giant blood mountain the wolf is loose all those tracks i just think as stone cold classics yeah i i agree with you i i, I love that album and 
how how do you not to spin it off into alphabet stadon or whatever you want to call it <laughs> but how do you feel about the more kind of prog rock kind of stuff they've been doing recently yeah i don't i don't mind it, it it's not i'm not as crazy over it as other people are um but I, I i would lie if i'm saying that i've listened to it in depth to be honest with you i'm not as up to date with their more recent stuff are you a fan of that or Mm, not as much the no. the first three albums uh for me leviathan is the album that like explore it introduced me to the other really heavy sound of metal so i got into metallica and then it was funnily enough uh ascendancy by trivium and leviathan by mastodon that was like oh this is heavy heavy metal like this is what it sounds like when you know you really get into the more, more extreme side of things and of course they're not that extreme but to a 15 16 year old me that was like blowing my mind at the time and it was uh yeah something something amazing to see i've seen mastodon quite a few times live as well and they're always absolutely incredible mm. what is your favorite member of metallica current or all time i say all time jason newstead for sure yeah. yeah he he just seems like such a switched on nice guy and so many interviews with him are just like yeah i'm just an art collector going around playing my blues shows now i'm just hanging out being an acoustic guitarist despite the fact i'm one of the most influential metal bass players of all time i'm just gonna hang out i really liked his quote unquote solo album the newstead album heavy metal music that was really good okay and and uh yeah i, I think the the backing vocals and the presence he brought live is really what made me love that band seeing Listening to S and M, seeing S and M, and cunning stunts and all that kind of stuff, and the the nineties live Metallica sound, and the uh, live shit binge and purge stuff in the the eighty nine show and stuff like that, is just that is Metallica to me. Is is that lineup? And I'm gutted. I will I will never see Newstead with Metallica because I would love to. And your favorite song of the band? For whom the bell tolls. I think it it has to be. It has <sighs> it to is be. Just yeah. It's a monster. And in terms of, and after saying like, Jason's my favorite member, I just go and pick a Cliff era <laughs> song. But <laughs> My Friend of Misery is, is a close runner up for me as well, because yeah. I think that is that is incredibly underrated. And even with the weird like country middle eight bit before the solo, I think the guitar solo in that song is really underrated as well. And the, the weird harmonies mm. it has and stuff, it's, it's fantastic. Completely agree. Yeah. And I mean, with Bells as well, I don't know if there's any song in history that has what Bells has, where it has three all-time classic riffs back-to-back. Like, one <laughs> after the other after the yeah. other. It's like... And it, even the final riff, the dum bum bum with the screeching guitar over the top, again, is just... Yeah, for whom the bell tolls is 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 marvelous. And uh, album for you, favorite Metallica album? Master of Puppets. I think yeah. it has to be. Yeah. I, I, I've... Almost everyone you ask that question to is <laughs> Master of Puppets. It kinda, yeah, it, it does have to be. I mean, people often deliberate over Ride or Master or whatever, and you yeah. know, Black Album gets mentioned a few times as well. But yeah, I think, I think yeah, Master's kind of the essence of why most people love Metallica, I suppose. So it's kind of encapsulated yeah. in that record. Um, and I, I mean, here's where I normally ask. I guess you said you hadn't done music podcasts before, so I can still ask this. Um, if you were to do a podcast about a band like Metallica, alphabetically, what, what could you do it on? I was thinking that now we talked about Mastodon. Mastodon, Mastodon would be a fire one. podcast. Yeah, that'd be a really good podcast. <laughs> would you be jealous? Would you be jealous if I start Alphabet Alphabetston? No, I would, I would praise you for it. Yeah, it'd be like a it'd be like a franchise. I can rent it out. Well, I actually stole the idea from a Beatles podcast, so uh, you know you're uh, yeah, welcome yeah. to. 
Yeah, a metallic, uh, a Mastodon one would be uh, fantastic. Yeah, and uh, uh, let's talk about your other podcasts as well briefly. What are they? Um, I host a film podcast where we talk about the bad sequels that followed good movies. So, for example, uh, Robocop 2 is not as good as Robocop 1. Jaws 2 is also not as good as Jaws 1. And our first two episodes uh, a couple of years ago when we started, I basically get a group of my friends together and there's two teams of two and they come up with pitches of how they would rewrite the bad sequel to make it a good sequel. And we're called the sequelizers. And we basically, my role is to judge and to start discussion and talk about why the film needs fixing in the first place. And yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun. And if you're a bit of a movie nerd, it's, definitely recommended to uh, come and check that out okay uh and you, some comic ones as well yes uh I, i've actually finished the run on both of my comic podcasts now unfortunately uh i used to host uh intercomics podcast which was a kind of a long-running uh independent kind of thing we were mostly talking about indie comics and we did uh dipped into marvel and dc and stuff but that was kind of a general discussion and review show and i also hosted a spider-man podcast called ultimate spin where we focused on spider gwen the the Gwen Stacy oh, J- of Jason, Lat- Jason Latour, is that right? Jason Latour's, yeah, that, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. Have you have you read Southern Bastards? I have, yes. Oh yeah, yeah. he's he's. I mean, yeah. him and Jason Aaron. Jason Aaron's my personal, probably my favourite writer. I think going at the moment. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Scalped. I don't know if you read Scalped. That's probably my favourite series. I have read Scalped. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Jason Aaron's an interesting, interesting guy. I've met them both at um, Thought Bubble, oh, the cool. comic convention in Leeds. That was. Funnily enough, just happened uh, <laughs> this last weekend. So, uh, yeah, and they're really interesting guys to talk to, and and that series is really good. Uh, the other podcast I'm on is kind of a local pop culture show called the Super Eight Bit Power Hour. That's uh, from a bunch of my friends here in Norwich. We talk about films, music, video games, anime, whatever's going on, and then we also have a spin-off, which is our D and D show called Super Eight Bit Dungeons and Dragons, and uh, that's a lot of fun. And I'm playing a goliath professional wrestler in the fantasy setting because that is my life apparently (laughs) (laughs) so if if you're feeling incredibly nerdy and want to come check out me pretending to be a make-believe wrestler in a fantasy setting you can come and check out super 8-bit dungeons and dragons as well (laughs) all right well yeah we'll um we'll pop the links send me the links and i'll put them in the description down below and you guys uh go subscribe go check those out um let us know in the comments what you think about it's electric uh please subscribe to the show if you're not already the youtube channel leave us a review on itunes patreon is there at metallicapod metallicapod at gmail.com uh we will be back next week i believe we're doing judas kiss i think yeah judas kiss and then we've got jump in the fire junior dad and just a bullet away with clint of metal at your podcast fame is coming on for just hey. a bullet away so that should be a really fun episode and all the other guys as well not to downplay those guests um but these are going to be <laughs> a really really fun month or so but uh yeah jack this has been uh, it's been a treat thank you so much for coming on oh thank you very much for having me I've been an absolute pleasure. Really, really enjoyed it. Thank you so much.